Welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. But um, on that in that same vein, there's another cemetery that's that's haunted that has a lot of weird stuff that's happened. It's called Lawrence Cemetery, and it's out near um, it's out going toward Thrall, and I think it's like uh. I think it's like if you go between Thorndale, Thrall, Lexington, that area. I'm trying to remember exactly where it's at. I've been out there a bunch of times with my grandpa. And, and so anyway, if you head to Thrall and you go out going uh, toward uh, southeast, you'll run into it. But anyway, that area has a full, it's full of stories of black cats. And, and I'm talking running on two legs. Now, Tony, I don't know you remember that, the story about those two people that were driving down the road. And that black cat was on two legs. It was like a panther person, let's put it that way. And it was trying to wave them down. Yeah. And they were like, you know, it was like, I think that it was like, uh, this was my opinion on the story. I think that it was like something that had shape-shifted maybe into this like creature. And like, I I think it it thought that he was, he looked human still. Yeah, I was going to say maybe like he didn't realize his form was what he, like, you know, he was still like morphed or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. That seems very human thing to do is wave down a car like you're hitchhiking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like about. waving it down, and then they just imagine like a six foot tall cat just waving you down. Just the, the thing about that story, and I'll be real honest with you, is that they were high, and they had been drinking. Now, if if somebody gives me that story, and they and and this story had no precedent, like there was. Never any other stories of, of of that kind in that area, and they told me, "Hey, we were dr- we were drunk and we were we were you know intoxicated and we were on narcotics." I would just be like, "Okay, see ya." Check the box of do not tell, don't talk about, you know, whatever. The thing that was interesting about that story was though that these people had never heard any of these stories, according to what they were telling me. Um, they were young, real young people when it happened. Uh, they were, they're not together now. It's like a couple, whatever. Um, but they saw this creature in an area where a lot of people have seen this creature or a creature that looked like it. Like a creature that this, this thing was seen crawling up a fence, literally carrying a lamb, like, you know, like, like up a fence. And so when you take that, into consideration and you see like there's been several sightings of a giant uh bipedal black cat type creature then when you see that when you hear the story about them them seeing it running like when they're driving down the road and trying to wave them down it kind of puts it in perspective that hey maybe this really happened even though they were drinking doing whatever they did see something i believe they did yeah it's not like your story gets ignored it's more like it's just we can't Take it at face value. So we have, mm-hmm. we do, we're allowed to have doubts, I think, about the, that story. But it doesn't mean it didn't happen. That's yeah, the, the odds, the, here's what's funny, is the odds about it happening and like maybe six or seven other people in that area seeing this thing. And then it happen, yeah. this happens that two of them had been drinking and, and you know, were, were high. <laughs> you know, but they saw the same thing all the sober people saw. So, I mean, it, that, that to me is the only reason I would include that. Now, here's what happened at Lawrence Cemetery. Um, this was a couple. And they went out there to go and mess around and, and, and see, you know, whatever. And uh, they, were, they, were, they were headed out there. And this was, like, not that long ago. I think this was, like, 2015 or 16. Because um, he said it was five, maybe six years ago. And he said that uh, now this happened like he himself had been drinking. The, his girlfriend was sober, and she had picked him up at a party. And she had just got off work, so they went for a drive, and they went out there. He goes, let's go out to Lawrence Cemetery. And, uh, and, and he never did tell me why they went out there. But when they got out there, they were sitting out there by the car, and they kept hearing noises and stuff, and like, it sounded like something growling footfall, whatever. And so he decides to show her how brave he is. He's kind of a big guy, you know? So he gets out of the car and he's like, I'm going to show, you know, I'm going to show this girl I'm brave. And he gets his flashlight and he goes, let's go investigate it. And she's like, 
I don't want to go investigate it. Let's just stay in the car. And he goes, no, nah, don't be scared. Come on. There's nothing going to hurt you. She's like, he's like, all the people here are dead. You know what? There's nothing going to hurt you. And Lawrence Cemetery, there have been a few people who had claimed that it was haunted. So when they get out there and they start walking around the cemetery, they hear like really loud. He said, it's like a panther, like screaming. And he said it was like from one end of the cemetery and they look and they see this thing on all fours and then they just see it just stand up real slowly and just straighten its back and then protrude its chest out and kind of throw its arms. It's what used to be legs. It had arms and it kind of threw its arms out and was like. Did they hear a pop? It was almost like a, a, I asked them that. They didn't hear that. They said it was almost like it was like, like flexing, like trying to scare them. Like they had muscles, you know. Is the upper body was like a man, the lower body was like backward bent, like like a cat legs, you know. But then they had a prehensile. The tail was like a cat tail, you know. Um, short muzzle, just like a panther. They said just look just like a black panther. D- didn't report eye shine. Like I didn't get any story of eyes glowing any kind of color. I asked him that. He said he didn't remember that. <clears throat> now she said that she remembers the eyes being like yellow. But they weren't glowing independent, anything like that. And she said that whenever they walked toward, uh, the, they, they took a step, it took a step. And they, were, they kept going backwards and they were, they were keeping their eyes trained on it. And when they turned to go back to the car, it would have been to the back of their left. And they kept walking and they kept, it took a step. And then eventually it, took, it started running toward them on, all four, on, on two legs. And then got back down on all fours. And she said she saw the arms, or what would have been the arms, kind of flip, kind of switch over and become like like they went inward. And then <clears throat> it looked like a, a black cat running on all fours. <clears throat> Very large. She said it probably weighed 500 pounds, you know. And it ran right up to their car and began to chase their car on all fours. And it kept up with them, them going about 50, 60 miles an hour for about two or three solid minutes. And they got away from it. Um, and then that was that. Now, one of the other stories I got out of Lawrence Cemetery, which really disturbed me too, was that there was a guy who went out there to pay his respects to a, a, a great-grandfather, whatever, or his grandfather, and his great-grandfather was still alive. So he took his great-grandfather out there to say, pay his respects to his, his dead son, whatever, which was his grandfather, who had died of cancer. He said they had him in a wheelchair, and they went out there. And this was like years ago. He said this is like back in the like seventies or something, you know. And I remember this guy telling us in a beer joint. It's called Randy's Ice House and Taylor. And he told me this story. And I was I was a young guy when I heard this story. And he said that this what what looked like two Native Americans came up on horseback, and they rode right up to his vehicle. And they could hear clip clap clip clap like it was like you know. And they turned around. And they looked, and one of them had a really pretty horse. Was white and brown. And he goes, dude, I was young. I was a young guy, you know. And he said that I, I, I was, you know, wheeling my my great grandfather. You know, he was, he had died literally like two weeks after that. He was so old. And he goes, I was, I was wheeling him away from the the the, the cemetery. And he goes, these people, they, they just look like a couple of Indian people, like Native Americans, like on horseback. And he said that right then, one of them drew drew a. Uh, an, uh, an arrow from his quiver, you know, and 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 started like aiming it at him, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 hey, chill out," you know. And they were talking in another language because I couldn't understand what they were saying. And then they looked at each other, and they just looked confused. And one of them went up to the car and began to touch the car with his foot, like they'd never seen one before. And this happened right out right outside of the cemetery. That he said he said he walked toward the car, and he said he's waved like his arms. He put his arms up, you know. And they and one of them with his horse. It was the one that had the just the regular uh, black horse. Went right up to him. He said something to him in some language you couldn't understand. And then and then he went over to him and he he like touched the head of his grandfather, like touched his head, and just kind of like looked at the other guy. And then they rode off. And he goes and as soon as they got past the the end, what which should have been the end of the cemetery, they just like poof vanished. They were gone. Like he goes, they were solid, dude. He goes, dude, this thing touched my grandfather. Do you think they were displaced, like time wise, or or do you think, or um, not time wise? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like it's some kind of portal or something that they just magically entered, and it just teleported them to a different time. Or do you think they're like spirits of 
that are somehow trapped. Or like, like what? you tell me. I mean, what do you think? Well, I'm just like giving out ideas. It's just like, what do you think? I mean, I mean, would I, be I, more I, likely. It's, it's the because uh... <sighs> I told you. I mean, I have a big interest in like areas that are locked in time, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know, is this an area that is locked in time, or is this two unfortunate uh, souls that were put pushed into the uh, like into the forward in time into this area that they don't understand? They see this great beast. Basically. Yeah, big car, big <laughs> yeah. red car. And he said it was like a maroon LeSabre or something. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, like which one would be more terrifying? Being just trapped in, in one area or being like just thrusted forward and like having no idea what anything around you is? What do you think, Alec? I thought, I thought the time, I thought of the time difference thing first. Like it was a time uh, shift that they walked through. And then I thought maybe it was trapped souls from the past that had uh were you know they're stuck in eternal amnesia repeatedly with everyone they meet but i don't yeah, know do you be, think it's amnesia though do you think or do you think it's be if they were confused thing. by the car then it probably was because they had no memory of seeing cars before well if it's like a time like a uh, fracture or like a time loop basically they just after a certain amount of time, things just kind of disappear and they're in their own areas again. Uh, then all of a sudden, they're just kind of are. Um, what are we, I'm tired, so I'm trying to explain it in a way that I think I mixed it, what I was trying to say up. But basically, what I was trying to say was that they're in uh, a stuck piece of time that's their area. Uh, then it just it sometimes fractures into ours and they, they sometimes see stuff from ours, but they're like stuck in their own time because it wouldn't make sense to, for them to be stuck in our time. So like I think they're just literally like locked in their own time, and sometimes they can get out, and that's when we see them is like when they're out real quick, but then they're forced back in because they can't ever escape because they're they're a part of their own that that locked area now. So I mean I don't know like it's like a if you somehow found the key, but then as soon as you're like let out, you're just you have to restart all over again. So then it's just like that one time you see them is just right when they get that key, or, or like are taking their first steps out. Well, I, I'll tell you this. One of the people who saw the black cat creature, the the female, mm-hmm. she went back out there with a, a different guy, with her brother's uh, best friend, who she ultimately ended up like going out with or whatever for years and years. And I, I knew him. And um, they went out there to Lawrence Cemetery, and she had another encounter with this cat. And that guy saw it too, but it was different. When they pulled up, they saw what looked like the head of a cat hiding behind a headstone, but it looked just like a panther. It wasn't nothing weird about it, like a humanoid. Didn't look like an inhumanoid, like Barton Unley would call it. It just looked like a black panther until she noticed that the back legs were sticking straight out from behind, like like really far from the other side of the of the headstone and the headstone it was a really big one um and this thing was like sitting right behind it like you could see it on both sides of it and when it when they drove up when the headlights hit it it kind of just like shrunk up which it looked it had to have been like an accordion to do that and it hid behind the the headstone and then she said that it like just popped up straight up and when she saw it pop up like that then they just took off and so they didn't. She, they didn't even get a chance to go inside and go mess around. It was like they. She saw it immediately. Um, which I wonder about that was if it's her, because she's also had a couple weird things happen to her at her house. Like she had weird stuff happen there. You know, like waking up and seeing a shadow person at the foot of her bed. Um, but two different guys saw it, and and I interviewed them. You know, they 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 saw a black cat creature. Um, but it happened at Lawrence Cemetery. She said she'd never seen anything like that other than at the Lawrence Cemetery. It wasn't like she'd seen a black cat creature there and saw another black cat creature there. No. The thing at the foot of her bed looked completely different than that, but it was like a sh- it was like a, a sh- uh, shadow being. Oh, I find it funny that this thing was trying to lay itself like flat and try to look like a shadow. And then, do you think it was stalking her? Is that, is that what, maybe? Or do you think that it kind of sense that there was something someone with an affinity for the supernatural 
mm-hmm. and it just came and was like looking and seeing whoever it was, and then it like was like curious, and then it got caught. Well, here here's the here's the part you got to consider. <laughs> you know how I always do this. The reason that she went out there for that black cat is because she had a dream, and in this dream, what looked like a old Confederate soldier looking dude told her to go out to the cemetery. So she went out there and that's when she had the experience with the black cat two different times. Why do I feel like there's a similarity there? (laughs) Why is it a lot of Southern states have a lot of uh, black cat sightings? Cause I, I Confederate. I've like, I feel like areas uh, where I've heard of Confederate ghosts. I've also heard of black cat sightings. Uh, are there any in the Devil's Backbone? Um, yes, actually, there are, uh, if, if that's what you're getting at. Well, no, not specifically, because I think I heard, I remember when you gave me a book about black cats. There Haunted was, Valley. I other. think so, in like Kentucky or maybe somewhere. But, and then I was trying to think of uh, if there were any black cat sightings in the Devil's Backbone or not. Yeah, like I said, the Haunted Valley had, there was a, there was also in the Haunted Valley a guy who supposedly became possessed by the, like a supernatural wolf jumped into his body and then he began to talk about all kinds of weird stuff, you know, like like ambushes and history of the backbone and stuff that he did not had no knowledge of. And he was talking and babbling about all this crazy stuff. Um, one of my friend's uh, little sisters went camping out there in the, in the Haunted Valley and uh stayed the night out there um and they took mushrooms and not only did she see a native american come up to her and try talking to her but they saw a demonic black cat looking thing crawling up a tree or i'm sorry crawling down a tree to the point where it was like it should have just jumped to the ground but instead it crawled all the way down the bottom of the tree and then went into the ground yeah, which they were on mushrooms, dude. So, I mean, you know, but that doesn't change the fact that there have been sightings of it out there. I mean, you know, I think that one of the interesting things about these uh, black cats is when they just look like normal four-legged creatures and then they stand up and start moving around and doing things. It's just, I don't even, I could. And one of the things I talked about on the show before too is like these black cats were like, they're always black. Like Dogman comes in different colors and different types, whatever. This is always like a – when you talk about the cat deal, it's almost always like black. Sometimes they'll look a little different. Like like I've gotten a couple reports of a shaggier-looking one. But 90% of the time, it's like a panther-looking creature, and it's just black. You don't ever hear of a puma person. You know, it looks like a, like a uh, cougar. You know, like a tawny brown color, you never get that. It's always black. Um, what do you think that is? No idea. Mm. Probably uh, related to darkness in some way. It might not even have a color. It's just a shadow. Mm. So people identify it with a color being black, but maybe there's just nothing. There's Which no black light. isn't even a color. It's just an absence of light. Yeah. So moving on from the black cat creature... Um, I got another one here. This was in the Live Oak Cemetery in Dublin, Texas. And this one involved like a weird-looking imp-like creature. Um, these people were out there. They were paying their respects to their deceased uh, mother. And um, they encountered something that looked like a blob, a shadow blob, that was showing itself on one of the headstones. And um, I don't I don't know if they were paying respects to their mother or if it was their mother was with them. I can't remember. It's been so long since I got the story. Or the mother was with them and they were paying the respects to, to her mother or some, somebody in the family. Um, but anyways, the, the, the I think the mother was with them actually. So it wasn't it wasn't her. It was somebody like her great grandmother or something. Anyway, they were out there. And they were roaming around the cemetery, looking at different headstones, you know, whatever, and just checking it out. And the daughter was actually taking pictures, and it was right at dusk. And right when it got dark, this blob-looking thing kind of appeared in one of the headstones, and it gradually kind of took a form. And it had like a weird-looking – the way it was shaped, it was shadow, but it had like a weird-looking hat, 
Like you would see like the Smurfs, you know, they wore the little hats, you know? Yeah, like a little kind of elf hat. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, like the little elf hat or whatever. And so they said that they it, it, it had this stumpy looking body with like these weird legs. And when it stood up, it, you could see it like rise up. That the legs looked really skinny for its body, and it was like this big, duff, dumpy, like muffin top body. And when it turned to the side, they could see, like it wasn't like a shadow on the headstone. It was actually outside of the, the it was there, you know. And it had like this weird looking elongated nose, and they it looked like a goblin, but in a, but the, as a shadow. And they only saw like one side of its face it was like a red eye. So that was weird, and then they said that it it started moving around, going between the headstones, and then it started running toward them. And when it ran toward them, it got down, squatty, and kind of was like running, like squatted down. And so they just took off running and got in their their SUV and took off, and they were terrified. And so I I don't know what that was. I just that that was just a weird story to me. Kind of hobgoblin, I mean, yeah, some sort of weird creature. I don't know. Um, uh, didn't, didn't have anything else in, uh, uh, from that story. That was just something that somebody had given me because I had talked about a, uh, I forgot the name of the town it was right outside of there. Um, but there was another town where some people had had a dog man encounter, but, uh, anyways. Okay. So this is another one I got, and this is actually the cemetery where my mother's buried and it's called Guadalupe. And this one was... This story was about a man. Well, well it, it was. I don't know what this. I don't want to call him a man because I don't know what this was. But it, 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 this thing could have been something that I encountered years ago when I was with my friends Tony Duran and Jason and, and Oscar. We were all hanging out, and and, and we were actually the, the the person that she, she, the chiropractor Heather. We were in front of her house, and we saw this guy. I call him the Puppet Man because he looks like a puppet. Like he was like he was like a Hispanic looking dude, but he had no eyes. And he was walking like he was an animated corpse, and there were all these black dogs with him. And I actually had my friend Tony Duran I used to box with. He actually came on the show and talked about this. Um, and so one night there were some kids out there, and they went out to Guadalupe Cemetery. They didn't go start out to go out there. They drove down the road where it was at, and they drove right up to it, and they got stuck. Like <laughs> literally got stuck in the mud, going to getting too close to it, and it was rainy. And this guy comes walking out of the, and it was like foggy too, just like what, what happened to me. And he comes walking out of the fog from the back of the cemetery. And he's just kind of like walking real stiff-legged. And they said that first, when they saw him walking, they thought he was like, like, like pretending to be like a, like a soldier. You know how you have your arms and legs straight, like a toy soldier, you know? And so he was walking like a toy soldier, just like coming toward him. And they're like, this guy's not bending his arm, his elbows, or his legs. He's just oh, walking. Oh, okay. I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, and he's just like, he's like teeter-tottering. Real stiff-legged. Yeah. Stiff on you. Okay. And when he got closer, like, like this one, the one girl said that it was like these dogs materialized out of nowhere. They're like four dogs, one on two on either side of him. And they looked like black wolves. And she said that he just came walking toward them. And she said he was wearing like a blue shirt, like he had normal clothes on, right? And when he got right up to the car, he had no eyes. And I got this story not too long ago because of the story of Black Hellhounds of Taylor, Texas, that episode. Um, that's where this this story was given to me by somebody who said, hey, man, I was there one time. And this person actually wasn't from Taylor. They, they were just like um, – friends with some people from Taylor or whatever. So they gave me the story, but it's, I call it the man with hollowed out eyes because, or the puppet man, because I don't know what well, to call Well, I mean, it. we've talked about this before and I've maybe thought of the theory that maybe it's the dogs that are the, really the ones in control, you know? Explain that to the audience. Well, I was thinking that maybe what we might be seeing is a man walking his dogs are actually some dogs hunting with a man to look like they're, you know, just peacefully walking throughout the night so they have this puppet that they kind of just forcefully have behind them that they drag but what it really is them patrolling and looking and then like it so it gives them the freedom of look blending in even though if you look real closely it's obviously very bizarre there's some off about the dogs and there's some off about the man so you, you see what i mean by that mm -hmm. is like so i think like that's the exact point of him is that 
he's supposed to draw your attention to what uh, he is when you really should be focusing on the hellhounds that are, you know, that he's holding on to because someone has to be controlling the puppet. What do you think of that, Alec? It kind of reminds me of when someone like sneaks out of their house and they're a kid and they leave like a pillow under their blanket so their mom just sees the, <laughs> they think they're still in bed. Yep, little decoys, basically. Because it's like, what What are the dogs for then? You know, it's like, what? What? who is this guy to be that's walking these dogs? He's always, it seems like the two times that I've heard stories about him, he's appeared with animals and it appears like the animals are walking him, it seems like, is what I've been, uh, the impression I've been led to believe is like they're kind of just in front of him and they're moving and he's, I, the way I see it is like his arms are outstretched and they're kind of pulling him because he doesn't have any real movement. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of weird to think about because I don't know. Why do you think that his eyes are hollowed out, though? Why would he need to see? <laughs> he doesn't. He, 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 people who need to see are the ones that are, are controlling where to go. But, but, okay, here's my thing, though. If the, if these dogs were, were the, these devil dogs, these black out, these callejos, as they call them in Spanish, what, why would they make his eyes hollowed? Wouldn't they make him look like a normal guy? Maybe it's more difficult to make like eyes and stuff like that, and they just have like some sort of material that is being because it's like a puppet person, so they're just kind of bending some material to look like a person. It's hard to make details like eyes and stuff. Well, I was gonna say because of the stiff movements, like they don't really care, or it's either that that's a that they can't do it, or they don't care enough to do it. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna go past them to say that they're not gonna they don't have the possibility of being lazy <laughs> so these devil dogs go through all this trouble to create a puppet man but they're lazy well like, I mean like they can't, they can't get it right well, because about they're it, lazy like, I mean how do you know you're not getting it right what if like that's exactly what uh, they don't need to put the effort in right like what if that's the thing is like uh, it's not about should we make this thing look amazing or is like how how amazing does it need to be for us to be able to hunt oh i think that if you, if you delve deeply into this whole thing i think that there would be no if if these things created this guy i don't think that they would need to make his eyes hollow they would try to make him as human looking as possible that's what i think i don't think that there there would be any hollowed out eyes it doesn't make any sense to 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 make that unless you're trying to create a central figure that inspires fear mm -hmm. which could be what they do because then they're trying to get like a well a meal out of it for a distraction a decoy yeah maybe having hollowed out eyes that forces you to look at that thing so you don't notice his two dogs you know maybe the more creepier and the more awkward and bizarre they make the, the guy look you focus on him more or they just they normally get away with just walking around and you're not supposed to look that close at the the puppet person. Well, maybe it's a bit of both, a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Maybe they use it as like a disguise, but they also use it as like, you know, like if you do see him and you do pay enough attention, you're like immediately drawn and you feel like this aura of like uneasiness immediately. So that's like, that's the story of that guy. I, I don't, I have another story about that guy. Um, but it has nothing to do with cemeteries, so that's we're not going to do it on this show. I decided because you got to decide how you're going to categorize things and break things down. I'm even having that same issue with the Dogman book and like going over it, you know, and, and trying to figure out like what how we're going to categorize things and 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 say what we're going to say. So you have to make a decision. So I kind of just chose to do it by cemeteries, but black cats seem to be. Um, you, you hear those stories. Those are pretty interesting stories to talk about when it comes to cemeteries. The hollowed out eyed guy. There was another like like he was seen somewhere else. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that story for another time. Um. Here's another one. Okay. Same cemetery, different phenomena. These people were there late at night, and they were they were by their their uh, great great aunt had died. They're by her grave, and they were drinking. 
Because you know that's how you that's how you uh, pay your respects to your great aunt by going up there and, and drinking tequila. Well, tequila depends on which uh, ethnicity you are. Oh, anyway, I was going to say Irish. Definitely, they're not Irish. They were Mexican. Well, that, that, I guess they could too. Drinking tequila. There's friends of mine's cousin, but um, I know who they are. But they had told me this isn't a real like dramatic story, but it is in the same cemetery. But they were out there and they were drinking tequila and it was late at night and it was almost midnight. And they see these two balls of light. They were white. And when they would fl- float around, they were moving really fast. They had like a tail on them. And then when they would come to a stop, they would just look like a circular ball. And they were whitish silver looking balls or silvery white balls, I should say. And they, and they came out of the woods because this isn't like in the edge of the woods. And they both were kind of zipping around and intertwining and like running into each other. And it was like they were intelligent because once they kind of like they noticed them, they just kind of sat there hovering and then they kind of slowly went toward them. And it scared them so bad they all just ran and got in their Jeep and took off. Um, and it was like five people. And they were terrified because these balls of light or whatever they were um, – they were cognizant of them. Like they, it's like they, they, they saw us, like they were kind of dancing around and playing. And then when they saw us, they just kind of focused on us, started coming toward us. It's like, they didn't fly toward us very fast, but they were coming in our direction, you know, coming towards us. And so. Berries, maybe. I don't know, man. I mean, balls of light. Maybe that's just a way they, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing I can really think of that would be playing like, <laughs> like that. Like well, then maybe like they saw them, but then they come towards them. I was thinking like, oh, maybe it's it's a fairy that we're just playing around. Mm-hmm. But also, I guess whatever balls of light are, they could also be doing the same thing. I mean, it's hard to even explain what that phenomenon is exactly in, in itself, what those little balls of light could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Will, Will of the Wisps. Exactly. What'd you say? A will of the will of the wisp, like is kind of like that. It's kind of like an orb of light that floats around. Yeah, like the Scottish have those. Are stories. they known to be in cemeteries? They're actually I think so. Kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're just like the yeah, spirits of the forest. I think. Yeah, I just don't, I just don't remember them hearing stories of them like dancing around in cemeteries. Um, now here's one I got from a cemetery. This was in Ohio. And I believe it was in, it was outside of, it, I'm try, I, I want to say, I want to say it was in near Germantown because somebody was telling me about the Germantown werewolf. And I'm almost positive it was that, or it was Defiance. I think it was, I think it was Germantown. Or Germantown, it was either Germantown, Pennsylvania. I think that's might, what it might have been. Is it, I don't know if it's in Pennsylvania. Look it up, Tony. Um, it's either in Pennsylvania or Ohio. I think it was Germantown. And I, for some reason, I kept thinking it was Ohio. But anyway. This, this story, I know we were talking about the Germantown werewolf, which is a pretty popular story. A lot of people know about it, know that the story, you know, there's a story about it. Um, but this cemetery was like really creepy. And um, they had this ball of light that came out of the back of the cemetery. Was it, is it Pennsylvania? There's a couple of Germantowns. There's one Germantown, in, Ohio. There's Germantown, Houston, Germantown, Philadelphia. No, Germantown, I mean... Germantown, Ohio. city, Ohio, that's what it was. Okay, so it was Germantown, Ohio, and they said that they were playing around the cemetery, one of them. And this um, weird-looking, like, shimmering... I guess guess you would call it, like, a a light being or something. Like, the the ball of light turned into, like, a multicolored light and, like, came... Like, just came down into the shape of a person... But the scary thing was is that this thing was not friendly. Like it it began to walk and then it began to run like toward them. And they they didn't it didn't have arms or like a head that they could see, but it had legs. Like that was its, you know, form of mo- locomotion, you know. It was like running. And they just got really scared and it actually there was one kid who was kind of lagging behind and I think his name was Kenny and oh my gosh, they killed Kenny. I had to say it. <laughs> but this thing like ran up and it like ended up running through him and it and it burned him. It gave him like, you know, first degree, you know, not, it's not bad, but like superficial burns. 
And then I, th- I think that the guy told me that, you know, like a couple years later, he was living like in Florida and he got cancer. And so this being, this creature, whatever, to chase them, um, you know, he said that when it, it got to where it was um, like like running on, on two legs, by the time it got to the, his friend Kenny or Kenneth, whatever you want to call him, um, that it was like greenish white at that point, the light was. So I don't know what that is. I, I don't, you know, that was just a weird story that was in a cemetery and I can't tell you why it was that way or what, but... It started off as a conversation about the Germantown werewolf and turned into this story about the cemetery. Um, I was going to ask you a question, Alec, when you were talking about the lich egg hunt, you know? Um, yeah, we got to get back into this. Yeah, what is, <laughs> what is a lich? A lich is um, supposedly a, I'm pretty sure it's a reanimated form of the dead that's been granted with either free will or some sort of great powers by a necromancer that raises the dead. From what I understand of liches, it is uh, either a necromancer or himself who turned himself into a lich, which is an ultimate form of undead where you can control the undead, but you're also one yourself. Or it is one where it's like someone where, you, like you said, they have their full being in control, but they, it's normally... Like a general tier of where undead, where basically it's like you're. Is this uh, from a video game or something? That's. I mean, I, there's. I've heard of them before outside of video games, but that's normally where I know them from. What game? A lot of them. The Witcher. Yeah, Skyrim. Any game that has like medieval fantasy, but all. It wasn't in Fable, was it? Because I know your dad liked Fable a lot. No, it was in it was in uh, Dungeons and Dragons for there's sure. There's liches in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Oh yes. Yeah, it's like okay. the it's like a zombie type thing. Yeah, it's like the uh yes. high tier undead which controls all the other I ones. Remember that. Yeah, I've heard of that. It is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That's crazy. Leave it to Roger to do that. <laughs> Did you ever play Dungeons and Dragons with him? Yeah, a few times. Growing yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. You ever play uh World's Apocalypse? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. We did that one, I think. So, anyways, moving along here, here, here's another one. Okay, this was in Barton Cemetery in Buda. It's actually a historical landmark. I know about this one. But some friends of mine went there one time. I had a sort of a weird experience there. I'm not going to say, I don't know. I heard something that sounded like footfall, like really large, bipedal, like in the, in the corner of the cemetery. So we ran. But I didn't see anything. Um, the One of the girls that we were with, she claimed to have seen something that looked like a shadow in the corner. I don't know. It was like big. <clears throat> but this one was really weird. They were like out there hanging out and they were playing music. Then this is back in the old, you know, when we had boom boxes and stuff. This was like the nineties, like mid nineties. And they were playing music at a big boom box and they're out there playing, they're drinking. And of course they were doing something stupid. They were throwing the, their, their empty beer bottles and smashing them against the headstones, <clears throat> which is very disrespectful. Then they hear this like screeching wailing noise coming from one end of the cemetery. And they look and they see this white, this woman in white. It's like a long flowing gown. And it was literally, literally like she was floating toward them. And the weird thing was there were, th- there were three people that saw it. And there was a fourth one that was back at the car. And they, they were doing something. And then they, they were looking. I think they were looking for a lighter for cigarettes is what it was. And then she got out, started walking back toward it and didn't see what they were looking at until she got close to them. It was like a collective image. You know what I mean? When she was right outside of their little sphere, she didn't see anything. And then when she got right next to her friends, they all started seeing it, which kind of lends credence to the idea that I believe that sometimes people, like one person, like say one of us three has like the ojo, or they call it the ojo do taro. If, if you can look and see, it's like the gift to the eye. Like, then the other two people will see it, too, because they're within your realm of influence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when she got up to the to the group, they that's when they saw uh, this woman in white. And it was like she had dark hair. They couldn't make out any descriptions of her face. They couldn't give me any kind of description of the face. But she had, like, this long flowing gown, and she was just going toward them. And she was like – it was like she was singing, like she was talking in a sing-song voice, but it was in another language. 
and they just stood there mesmerized. And for some reason, they couldn't bring themselves to just leave, and they weren't afraid. It didn't strike like terror in their in their minds or anything or their hearts until they turned around and they started walking back toward the car. And then they got about halfway between the lady and the car. And then they just thought, we need to get out of here. And everybody started panicking at one time and then ran to the car. It was like a collective panic. And this woman in white began to move toward them really quickly to the point where when they were driving away, she was like like almost right up to the car. <laughs> and at that point, they realized, hey, something's wrong. We're in danger here. And only one of them could give me some sort of a description of the face. All they saw was just black holes where the eyes were. And there was nothing else. Like they didn't see anything else. There was only one person that saw that. Everybody else just said it was like a nondescript entity, like faceless. I was going to speak on what you said earlier about um, how like one person can sense it or, or, or what do you call it? The um, the ojo. The ojo. Or like what I like to think of it is like the, the leader's sense. I mean, I think I, I thought I've, I think I've told you about my theory about how like where that comes from, where it's like you're – the leaders of the tribes who had to be the most sensitive to everything it's usually their chieftains or their sons that might take the position. So then you're getting like a bloodline that's just always heightened senses constantly. And they're like, their senses are always on, on the, the most taught because they're the ones that have to lead and have to control everything. So they're the ones that are usually the most on edge. So then that gets passed down more and more. And it gets heightened to a point to where it's just certain blood people now have that ability to just feel something because it's it's like literally bred in them. And I think like it, it makes sense in the leader sense is like because I'm around you, I can see what you see now because you're the leader or whatever. You have that like leader gene in you. So that's why like, you, you can share it, your what you see around with the people around you. Because it's like a leadership, like, hey, I see sense some danger up there. And now everyone else knows where the danger is at, too. <clears throat> I think that's also why they were able to sense when something was wrong. Like, they were like, oh, no, something's going on. And it was, like, immediately between all of them. What I think is mostly because of, like, thankfully, like, they saw it because of her. But they were also able to escape because of her, too. Or uh, whoever was, uh, whoever you said she saw it first. Before they, she, uh, the others were able to. I know that another entity that people see in these cemeteries is a black dog. I've gotten plenty of reports of that, and of course, everybody knows that it's called the cadejo in Spanish, and then in English they call it old shuck. They have all these different names for this thing. Um, Purgatory Road. You can't do a show without talking about Purgatory Road in, in the cemetery, Hugo Cemetery. Um. God, where do I begin? I have at least three reports of a black dog, a demonic-looking black dog. He's big. He's shaggy. Looks kind of like an Irish wolfhound, and sometimes it looks like a wolf. Um, but it's 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 a big, large black dog, and it and it uh, it's been known to come out of the cemetery and chase people's cars. Um, I've heard stories of it, like like be, there being a man that looks like an old homeless guy. And then he goes behind a tree, and out behind the tree comes this black dog. Um, I don't know what that is or why it's that way. But uh, there's this weird um, story that I got one time. These people were trying to – they wanted to be scared, so they went out to uh, Purgatory Road. They went out to, to Hugo Cemetery, and they started you know, talking, joking, laughing, playing around, whatever – and this this enormous black dog, this dirty, shaggy-looking dog, comes out from behind one of the, the headstones and just goes running toward them. And when it gets right up to him, they couldn't get away from it fast enough. So when they turned, one of the guys, it went right like right through him. But when it did, it like knocked him unconscious and he fell backwards. Um, this guy, he used to work. This guy that told us this story he used to work with Scorpion at Whataburger. And it was crazy, like like um, that. That was one of the stories I got, and then there was a, another story I got from a girl who had claimed that she had gone out there one time because she she lived in San Antonio, and so she had heard all these stories about the cemeteries. So she decided that she had gone out and she actually checked out the cemetery down in South uh, South San Antonio, where they talk about the donkey lady. I don't know if anybody's heard of that story. There was a couple comments on there uh, uh, on the live stream we had that were asking a couple people asking about it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Let me see. But but anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. So go. So so anyway, th- this uh, black dog story. There was another story I got where a guy supposedly he he was driving along the side of the road. There was this big dog that kept walking out into the road. Um, people would see it like it kept going and getting in the front of the traffic. And one lady wasn't paying attention, and she said, "I she 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 told the story like very frankly. She was like, I was embarrassed. I, I dropped my cigarette." And I bent down to pick it up, and I look, and there's this huge black dog in the middle of the road. And she's like, right when I was about to hit it, it just lurches upward and and didn't completely extend itself, but it lurched upward to where it was hunched over, but it and, and its face looked almost human for a minute. And then its body was like on – it was on two legs. And she's like, I went right through it, and everything. it just looked like black smoke everywhere. And she said she got the smell in her car of sulfur. Which was really weird. I mean, you know, so that black dog, um, there have been people who've driven by it and just looked and seen it sitting up on a little hill, like just kind of like sitting there, um, just kind of observing, you know. Um, but that, it, it's an old cemetery. It's There's nobody being buried there now. It's old. Um, but the, I think the scariest cre- uh, creature out there uh besides the black dog is is the goat man and he's he's black too it's like this black goat man um and people have seen it like the some of the people from the Hernandez ranch they they saw it on the side of the road and it threw like literally it was carrying something in its hand it looked just like a goat like a goat-headed creature like the head of a goat you know the body of a man and then the, the legs of a goat and it tossed a a buck head in in front of their SUV, like on top of the hood, um, the head of a of a dead deer buck. So that was pretty uh, wild. And then there was another one about the goat man that it came running out after these people, and it threw a big log, and it hit the side of their Bronco. This was years ago, back when Bron- not the Broncos they have now, but the old days, you know, Bronco Ford Bronco, and put a big dent in it. And, um, yeah, and so it, that was a long time ago. And I remember getting that story when, when, when Scorpion was working at Whataburger and we were talking to one of the guys that, that ran that place. He was talking to his friend, and he was telling us about um, this happening, and he showed us his the dent in his car and said it was from this goat man-type creature throwing a, a log at him. So that was really weird. I thought, man, what the heck, you know? Um, it's bad enough you see this creature, but then it has to attack you and throw, throw stuff at you too. And there have been people like one guy who claims he was driving down Purgatory Road, and then all of a sudden he just got real sleepy. And as he started to fall asleep, he swerved off the road, and he opens his eyes and he sees this goat man-looking thing just stand upright right across the street from the cemetery, right across the road from the cemetery, and he just stands up, and it's it's a uh, a goat man looking creature, and had glowing red eyes, and it said his tongue was hanging down like like the like he way he described like the devil. He said like Gene Simmons from Kiss, like his tongue was out, and he said that he just like swerved back onto the road real quick and just was was gone. I'm like he said he was ter- completely terrified, and didn't know what to make of it. And he was just like, dude, I, I just he goes, I couldn't uh, believe what I was seeing. And it had the body of a man, like upper body, and it had these long like claws, and it had like the, but the feet. Instead of what, what he what he's noticed, like he said, that he he noticed it jump up, like kind of kind of like hop. He said the feet looked more like canine feet, but backward head, bent legs, or yeah, the backward bent legs, but the feet looked the what, what, what the feet would have been the, the hooves would have been the paw. The, they the, were paws, oh. and it had like the the head of a goat, or whatever. So. So anyway, I don't know what that is. I mean, have you ever heard of stories of Goatman, Alec? No. No? You've heard of like satyrs, right? In Greek mythology, like Pan. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually like a similar idea, but they're more not so friendly. Like you would you, you would think. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not friendly. <laughs> they're not actual, friendly anyway. But but you, I mean, you you no. these they romanticize them now to where they're, they're supposed to be like nature lovers and they're. Like basically they're just like forest protectors or something, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's kind of true, but they're not nice. And, and, and uh, satyrs have like the the head of a man and the body of a goat, but this thing it has like the head of a goat. Yeah, it's like the opposite. So it has like the a goat's head basically. 
Um, so what what did you what do you want to tell me about the donkey lady? Well, I was just I tried to find the comment, but the first mention I had of it was uh, Tony Nolores. He just asked you if uh, the urban legend of the donkey lady in San Antonio, and I he went into it a little bit deeper in another comment, but I can't seem to find that one. Well, from what I know about the donkey lady, I mean it, it, it's. It's a legend in San Antonio. The only thing I know about the the, the the whole thing is it's a legend in San Antonio, and it's it's a bridge. Um, it's called a, and I think I think that there's a a cemetery close by or around there. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I have I have I could ask my friend Eddie Hill, who's a, a Bear County deputy sheriff. He's been on the show. Um, Eddie's got it's called Paranormal Expeditions. Uh, one, and one of the things that that the donkey lady. It she haunts a bridge, and they and they actually call it Donkey Lady Bridge, and I don't know why they call it that because I haven't done any like real research into it or dived into it. I just know that it's in Southside San Antonio. I think it's near a cemetery, and it's a bridge. That's all I know about it. Um, and the last story I'm going to tell for the night, and, and this is a pretty good one. Um, this one was in in a in New Braunfels, and it was in. Oh no, I'm, I'm sorry, it wasn't New Braunfels. It was Blanco. And uh, there was a cemetery there, and these there were six people. They went out there, and they started. To, they wanted to explore and go around and, and check it out. They had heard stories that there was a dogman-type creature out there. Um, but what's really weird about it was they get out there, and there's they don't see anything. Like, like for two hours, they're out there just talking, hanging out, drinking, smoking, whatever. And then all of a sudden – they hear this weird scratching noise. It sounds like it's coming from nowhere. Like it's just coming from, you know. All around? Or? Yeah, it's just like all around them. So they said that they couldn't they couldn't make out like where it was coming from, whatever. But then they see these little spark, sparks of light um, right in the air, just like sparks. Like, you know, like if, if somebody were to take like pieces of metal and bang them together, you know, and it was giving off sparks. And it was weird because earlier that night they had seen fireflies. And one of the ladies, one of the girls that was out there said that it looked like the fireflies were trying to create some sort of, like they were all coming together in a big swarm. She had never seen that before. I've never seen that before. And she said it looked like it was trying to create an image of something like, it kind of made me think that maybe that there was something there and the fireflies were trying to warn them and illuminate, illuminate it for them. I know that sounds weird, but like that's what she said, that she felt like it was like a warning. Maybe like something was something trying to like break through, mm-hmm. break through the space there, and the fireflies were kind of attracted to that, like they're attracted to light. I was actually thinking the same thing. Is like maybe that um, like that's a good idea. Exactly what I was thinking is maybe like whatever was trying to form was coming through, and it just kind of sucked whatever was like around, and those those fireflies. Just like was like sucked into the vicinity of whatever this creature was. Well, I asked her if if she thought. Well, I asked him if she if the girl that was there with the theory, um, if if she thought that there was some kind of connection between, like the it, like the fireflies and this creature. She said the only thing she thought was maybe they were trying to warn them. Um, but what you said, like how it was trying to suck their energy, um, they didn't. As far as I know, they didn't die. So it wasn't like they, they kind of just, just like dropped dead or anything. Formed this creature and then like like kind of like went around it and then they left it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then maybe they were trying to just warn you. But uh, yeah, it was really weird. And then when this thing materialized, <clears throat> it became like this werewolf-looking creature with a really 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 long tall ears and a really really long protruding snout, and it basically. Um, as soon as it materialized, it began to chase them around the cemetery. Um, they said that it looked like almost like a nubus, you know, the way its head was shaped, you know, you know, nubus is right. Yeah. And more so, like a jackal face instead of a, uh, like furry face. I don't know. I, I don't think that it really mattered. I just think that the, the, the really tall ears and the, and the elongated snout and this kind of skinny head. Kind of just reminded me of a jackal, and and I'm not gonna lie, I'm the one that said, "Hey, have you heard of Anubis?" And they said, "Well, yeah." I said, "Well, did it look like that?" And they said, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> it was black, and it had it was it had a long skinny snout. 
Um, and it made this like really high pitched squealing noise and it just ran toward them and there was like shrieking and they were jumping over like cemetery, the headstone, cemetery headstones to try to get back to their vehicle. And this thing was just like in hot pursuit. Once they got to a certain point though, like they looked back and all it was, was just like what was once this being, like once they got to the edge of the cemetery, it was just like a bunch of little sparkly lights. That's all it was. So I thought that was weird. And then sparkly lights. And then of course the, the fireflies are all like, I don't know. Like flying around it kind of. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and I think that this, when it, when it just dissipated and at the, at the edge of the cemetery, um, it became like sparkling lights. You think that was maybe one trying, like a one trying to enter our dimension, but then it failed. Uh, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it was like something that was like, um, making its way into the, you know, and, and, and here's the catch about that. Like you're like what we're talking about. And this is, this is what I'm going to leave you with. It was on Halloween night where the, you know, they say the veil is thin, you know? So this thing appears, materializes, and then it this vanishes into, you know, a bunch of little lights or whatever. And of course it was. A um, a bunch of fireflies that had kind of attached itself to it, and I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. The, the fireflies, as far as I know, didn't die. Which something like that could, you know, could suck energy. It would take probably kill their little lives. You know what I mean? If it was that's what it was doing. But it, I definitely the fact that it turned into little balls of light and just kind of dissipated was weird. But it was definitely not a friendly entity, and it was like it chased them. So. I think the fireflies are whatever are attracted to whatever is like whatever that creature was like forming. Like I don't think it was if it was really trying to warn or if it was really even or if they were really even like cared about what was going on. I think they were just like they felt like an instinctual attractiveness to whatever was going on there. And then whenever that energy dissipated, they immediately just kind of left. Mm-hmm. Oh, any closing thoughts, Alex, about yeah, maybe when like shadows tried to break into this kind of realm, the the material plane, it creates like light as a byproduct of them trying to force through the space. Mm-hmm. The only fireflies are get, get a, can, like attached to whatever light is being formed or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just want to be like pulled to it. Maybe they think it's like another firefly or whatever. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for joining us here on Paranormal Roundtable, uh, PRT. For myself, Tony, and Alec, they were all here tonight doing this. Um, And for everybody who's going to be paying attention to this for the Halloween time and all the spooky stuff that we talked about tonight, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a great time. Don't forget to like and subscribe, please. And uh, if you send me a friend request, like I said, please let me know that you're a fan of the show. Follow me on Instagram, Josh Turner 940 We're going to be doing a lot of things coming up pretty soon. I mean, we have a whole bunch of stuff planned. Uh, and don't forget to check out our Halloween episode, which will be actually be coming out on the the, the day after Christmas. Uh, after Christmas. After Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the night, nightmare before Christmas. Um, but it, it'll come out the, the night uh, after Halloween night. So everybody... Um, For me, Tony, and Alec, good night.